Welcome to Essential Conversations. I'm your host, Rebecca Mears. With your co-host, Luke Alex. It's a little bit rainy and it's a little bit slow today. Yes, <laughs> and, we're, and we're at my kitchen table again. So It doesn't so feel the, quite the in, same as when yes, we've got the board we're, spread we're, out in front of us. Yeah, we're reorienting. Yeah, so yes. this is one we're recording for you in advance, just before this coming Friday, uh, when this will be played. And that's because you've got a friend visiting, I think, yes, from out of town. I do. So yes, yes. Occasionally, it's all right for us to yeah. take Sometimes a Friday night for ourselves. Sometimes we have to move move ourselves around. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been uh, playing uh, in our brains over the last while, trying to think what would we like to focus on. It's been a while since we did a show, just the two of us. And uh, this morning, Luca, you sent me a an email that was a forward of one of these, uh, Rob Bresney, am I saying his name right? Yeah, Rob Bresney. Um, you can find him on, on the internet. He's lovely. He's he's uh, does an astrology uh, newsletter column thing once a week. And uh, and he's he's incredibly positive. He calls it pronoia as opposed to paranoia. Mm-hmm. And and it's, um, it's moving towards positivity. So I like the tone of what he says mm-hmm. and he's incredibly popular um, and you can sign up for a newsletter and then you get his weekly forecasts every week and so they come in on a Monday Tuesday so I've just had one so mm-hmm. I've just got all inspired about it mm-hmm. and um, and so that was so I thought oh yes that's what we need to yes. talk about today yeah, yeah. and you sent it over to me and I had a quick read through and it, it resonated for me too and one word kept springing in my head afterwards and that was reclamation and it's funny because we were just talking about how we both have read sort of drawn entirely different conclusions <laughs> although maybe they're not but the word works for me you you were I didn't even register that I'd read that word I don't think it was written in his it wasn't oh, okay. one, it wasn't yeah. something he said yeah. um but it was the nature of what he was saying yes. that I felt I felt like that was the the thread that was going through it anyways yes. so that I mean, I'm sitting here saying I'd like to talk about reclamation, and we're in agreement that the essence of what Rob was suggesting in his his email is definitely juicy and has lots of room to explore today. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's the it's the how do we choose to look at things? That's the broad umbrella, and then the more specific umbrella is what are we choosing to reclaim? about mm-hmm. ourselves. And if it's something we want to reclaim, it has to be something positive because why would you want to reclaim something that wasn't positive? Right. So so that's already a, a, a shift. Well, and actually, uh, that's interesting you said that because that's, that is actually something that I ha- deliberately intend around some acts of reclamation for myself where there was something that had a not-so-good meaning but that I don't think should be allowed to have that meaning. It's sort of yeah. like when when um, a name is given to something and you really liked the word until it got attached to this, maybe this person, and this person was a grumpy old and person and now you forever... And it tainted it. Yeah. And, yeah, and you get to the point where it's like, well, no, mm-hmm. I don't want that to mean that. Mm-hmm. I want it actually to go back to or to be more than mm-hmm. 
that. And there's a there's a deliberate sort of dis of uncoupling. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I, that's what feeling that's what's feeling juicy to me yeah. is that we have a lot of stress and anxiety and pressure. There is a lot of stuff going sideways and down the tubes in the world around us on a local level, on a national level, on a world level. It's hard going. I mean, we hear stuff, I, I see articles that counselors are seeing such a massive shift in terms of the depression and the anxiety that clients are bringing to them based on the, really, the, the hopelessness that they're feeling when they look at the world. And what do you do with that? I hear counselors who don't even know what to do with the existential angst themselves. They, we can't give them false hope that it's all going to turn out okay because we don't know that it's going to turn out okay. That kind of weight that many of us, all of us, are carrying on a day-to-day -day basis. And Rob's suggestion in this message, and I think probably through more than just this message, yeah. which is just feeling good for both of us, is the idea of not just taking a break from the negative, from the overwhelm, from the hopelessness, from all of the things that we can read and partake of that remind us of how hard and bad things are. It's not just about walking away from that. It's about choosing something very positive, choosing to engage in what is hopeful, choosing to what engage in what feels good for the mind, for the body, for the spirit, even I, delightful to find delight. Yeah. One of the things he was talking about in the, in the newsletter this week was about um, all of us can look back into our childhoods and tell stories about the things that didn't go well. And, and that can overshadow all the things that went well. Right. That, so, so what would happen if we made a list where we practiced talking about the things in our lives that have gone really well, that are um, exemplary of how we would like to have the world unfold. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it be, because for every criticism of how things are going that we're not happy with, that cause us pain or grief or, or frustration or um, a sense of emptiness, there's, well, I, I noticed that because I'd prefer it to be this way. Mm -hmm. And so what is that this way? And I was thinking yesterday about about how I was, um, it wasn't yesterday, it was over the weekend. There's a guy down in California, and he's uh, started something called the Park Bench, Project Park Bench. And he's talking about all of us who, who want to see improvements in the world, going and sitting on a park bench, and deliberately immersing ourselves in what all those good things including how we how we choose to um, focus our attention and energy in our lives on on the things that are better that are the way we would like them to be mm -hmm. and one of the things that he says is that energetically when we do that um, even even if the number of us that are doing it is very small the impact we have is huge because mm -hmm. if you think about when you're sitting on a bus or you're in traffic and somebody smiles at you or lets you in or 
catches your eye when you're both looking at something that's going on in the street that you both think is crazy and mm. instead of doing it in anger when when you both kind of shrug your shoulders and laugh mm. about it that little connection is so potent it releases something it releases something and it's and i think i'm i'm at a point in my life where i want to release that so he was talking about that and he was saying Think when you want to be in that kind of space when you're sitting on your park bench and kind of sharing this energy. You have to have no expectations of it doing anything to anybody. <laughs> right. But but just to be in that place in yourself because it feels better. Right. And then it will do whatever it does. Mm -hmm. And he said, and don't worry about this. You can't do it wrong. Right. And I was thinking about when we prepare guests to be on our show. Right. Then you're setting up all the technical part of it, and I'm talking to them about what to expect. And I right. say to them, don't worry, you can't do it wrong. Mm -hmm. This is just about you. Right. So I was thinking, we spend an afternoon every week immersed in this because we like it. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. not because of it's going to do anything for us, but because being in there together, collaborating on this... It feels good. feels good. And it feels good. All the people who come in to see us, I mean, almost all of them, mm -hmm. have they turn around and they walk out and they say, oh, thank you so much for that and for inviting me. That yeah. felt so good. I feel better walking away from this. They all seem to be bright and shiny. Yeah, and we're not doing it to shine them up. Because well, we, we already are. think they're shiny. Yeah. Right? We, I mean, we're happy to shine them up. Oh, yeah, but that's <laughs> not our purpose in doing the show. We didn't sit down well, to do this show because we were going to make our guests feel more shiny. It's definitely not with an attitude of, hey, you need to be made more shiny. It's definitely nothing like that. No. It's more, ooh, what gems are we going to find? Yes. Because we, we love finding gems. Yeah. Because we think that inside every person, there's a fascinating story that's going to inspire us and other people. Yeah. So so we just so we just do it. Mm -hmm. But what we're doing every week is we're anchoring into that's like our park bench. Yeah. Except that <laughs> it's, it's true. It's on it's on it's air. Public. Hey, you guys yes. get to listen too. <laughs> yes. And I think I think it not only it's it's not only making our guests feel good and we have control over that. Right. Right? Because they're sitting there and, and the interaction we're, does that. Yes. But it's making us feel good because we like doing it every mm -hmm. week. Otherwise we wouldn't keep doing it. And and hopefully for all of you as our listeners out there that it makes you feel good also right right because yeah. there here's an inspiring person with an inspiring story or it it echoes something that's going on for you or it gives you hope or it gives you ideas or or you know inspiration mm -hmm. but I did, but I hadn't looked at what we were doing through that what we have been no. doing what we continue to do through that lens but that feels of, absolutely true of and it came out of this idea of of you can't do it wrong mm -hmm. we can't really do anything wrong this is this is a giant experiment <laughs> on the planet right so how do we choose to do it and experience it so that might be since since i was drawn to the word reclamation that might be the first entry yeah. is around the words right and wrong those are words that I grew up with that were very yeah. influential in yeah. terms of me making decisions on a day-to-day -day basis. And how you were treated. Life. Yes. Right? Uh, how I was going to be judged. Yes. 
because that was that was a thing, right? Judged from on yeah. high, but yes. also judged within the church. And, judged and in this judged life, by, after this life. Judged by a future yeah. partner, all of these kinds of things. But the idea of right and wrong is something that I walked away from, mostly within the last decade, mm. where I was really coming to terms with it, this, 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 this dichotomy, this black-white, is not serving me or other people. It's causing a lot of stress. It's causing um, distress. It's causing <laughs> things you don't want to feel. Yeah. And breaking connection rather than making connection. Yeah. So in acknowledging that right and wrong is a dichotomy, like black and white, it doesn't acknowledge shades of gray. So if something's not quite wrong, sort of right, how, you know, the whole idea of a white lie... You know, where does that fit in something that's right or wrong? And the the bottom line is it doesn't. We, it's not nuanced enough. Mm -mm. Well, we can move away from that dichotomy. And personally, I would rather look at things through the lens of is it helpful or is it not so helpful? And does it move me towards a better me? Yeah. A, a me that I like and feel yeah. proud of and or enjoy. in terms of relationship and in community, is this lifting the person beside me up or is it making things feel less connected mm -hmm. or making someone feel less accepted or less empowered or less yeah intimate yeah like yeah. i'm looking for connection right i don't want to be in or around things that cause disconnection mm -hmm. so there we go. So here's our theme. Here's our theme. For, th for this week. So for those of you just joining us, you're listening to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. And we are today talking about um, a positive worldview and about reclaiming whatever that is in right. ourselves and in our lives um, and in our world yeah. that makes us feel more, makes us feel better, um, makes us feel... Um, Whatever the more is for us, right? And, and, and it's like we're that talking changes about, from moment to moment. We're talking about claiming and creating joy and hope, and I feel like reclamation comes into that because part of what I create, I want to use. I don't always want to reinvent the wheel. I feel like there's stuff that has come before that, that we somehow, already have. Yeah, somehow got lost along the way, or somehow got appropriated in some way, and or I take or it back. misjudged. Yeah, so that. It was something that we were doing that was not appreciated in the environment it was in, and now it and now it can be. So this feels like an absolute ripe moment mm -hmm. for me to to root in and to acknowledge that while we're sitting here at Luca's table, <laughs> uh, we are actually recording this on unceded ancestral territory of the Coast Salish peoples, the Musqueam, the Tsleil-Waututh, the Coquitlam, and the Squamish, mm -hmm. and. I feel like this is important to bring in at this point because as both of us are, are settlers, mm. meaning we have come here, any any person who is not First and Nations. And for us, recent settlers. Yes, yeah, who's not First Nations or Inuit, we are settlers. <laughs> at some point, we came over. <laughs> and reconciliation is a major topic of importance. There's There's... It is something I think we are being called to as a society and as individuals to understand what does that mean? Mm -hmm. How do we go about this? Mm -hmm. Because unceded ancestral territory, the whole word unceded, I've never heard this word really, except in the context of what we did here in, with First Nations. Mm -hmm. And 
it of course it can be used elsewhere but the point is it's it's a, it's a powerful word yes and it it's is. it's a it's a slap in the face and i think yeah. it should be yeah because we waltzed in and we took land that was never there was no treaties it mm. was never it was not given. negotiated it was taken through force yeah and i'm, I'm using the air quotes mm. because really was any land given to the, to the brits or to the mm. americans or french or whoever was you know no and the, the first land. nations people as i understand it didn't have the same concept of owning anything right of owning anything in nature it wasn't theirs to own. Right. They lived on it and with it and in it. it yes. Uh, and so, so they weren't prepared for the imperialist powers that waltzed in and yeah. just started taking things and putting their yeah. name all over it and yeah. sticking their flag in yeah. it. And um, it, because it's a completely different way of viewing the world. Yeah. And shunting them onto reservations yeah. and prohibiting yeah. their access to the rest of the world and to their yeah. food sources, etc. <laughs> So when I think of reconciliation, it's a very big job that we're going to take steps towards for a long, long time. It's we're not going to be nibbling at the edges. We're nibbling right at now. the edges, but it's yeah. important, mm -hmm. right? It's mm -hmm. like eating an elephant. <laughs> How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. <laughs> yes, one plate at a time. But not that I'm advocating eating elephants. No eating of elephants. You know, they yes. are very yeah. lovely yeah. companions in this world, <laughs> not food sources. No. Anyways, <laughs> slight aside. <laughs> <laughs> the word reclamation, I feel, hooks into reconciliation when it comes to, I'll just speak first person now, as a settler, knowing that there is a culture that I originated from, I may not be connected with that homeland, with those traditions, with those ways. I did a, I stumbled across a, a short term course, online course, a while ago. It was called White Awake. White is in black and white. Awake. And it's, it's, uh, hmm. you could say it's held, it's a course that's being held accountable to people of color, black and indigenous people of color, mm -hmm. but it is being the, it is the labor and time of white folk to educate white folk on social justice issues, yes. all of this, especially around settlerhood. But yeah. the main thrust of it is to, rather than just working on the, sort of what we're talking about today, which is the don't engage in the things that are negative. Mm -hmm. It is the what do you engage in? Yes. What, yeah, what what's the, the alternative here? Yeah. So the positive and, and where they're taking, where they took me in that course was, what are your roots? Now, mm -hmm. <laughs> granted, the whole um, erasure of culture happened, has been happening for millennia. And I believe even my, my personal roots may have been disappeared, you know, within my well, we've ancient homelands. Them. Right? Yeah, I feel yeah. a visceral connection with the Celts. Mm. They're not really there anymore because they got sublimated, you know. Well, and we are, in, in a way, we are the Celts. Yes. And and so if we've forgotten who we are, then then we need to go and reclaim it. Exactly. And so that's where it's... Instead of claiming somebody else's... It's, yeah. it's a bit like what I do when I go to Value Village, but on a really large global scale... <laughs> Yeah. Going through the things yeah. of the things yeah. that other people have have discarded, have been forgotten, yeah. have been shunted in the back somewhere. Mm -hmm. Is there something of value for me here mm -hmm. rather than taking from precious resources, whether they belong to another person or from the earth or etc. Mm -hmm. The idea being here that part of reconciliation, making right, getting right mm -hmm. with First Nations, with Inuit, with people of the land, is for me to reconnect with my actual roots mm -hmm. and to 
be drawing strength from those traditions, from those connections, and digging into that, that will make me more balanced, me more rounded, so that when I am engaging with people here, where this is their roots, this is their traditions, then I am not coming like somebody with nothing in their pockets to the table and needing them to fill me. And there's a, the more, the more sensitive we are to our own traditions that we're reclaiming, the more sensitive we are to other people's roots yeah. and what they um, own and what makes them who they are. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I definitely, I, f I feel like um, with those imperialist powers, I mean, the, the powers that went out in the world and took things that mm -hmm. were not theirs and did it in a, in a brutal um, way with no permission not, asked or given. A narcissistic or, way. Yeah. And yet, it's yeah. it's so interesting because, again, coming down to this reclamation, there was something that was going on there that felt to them right and good mm -hmm. and positive for the world. The spreading mm -hmm. of the British Empire was meant to bring light to the world mm -hmm. and liberation from... I'm blanking out because I can't say, well, it, I don't have these values personally, but the idea of uh, maybe barbarism or something, right? This is the labeling that they did of any culture other than their own. There was a passion there. There was a, there was an idea that they were uplifting the world. The impact was very much not that. The impact was very destructive, was very painful was very disconnecting of, from people of their roots and of their sources of livelihood etc and at a lot of loss of life even the bottom line loss of life loss of family loss of cultural structures so what if we were to go back and underneath the the original passionate vision which was uplifting the world yeah, and and meeting, going out and meeting other cultures, meeting, right? Yes. That learning. I mean, I think when the first ships arrived on the shores of North America, there was a, a you know the the people of the land coming out and meeting the people of the ships, right? Yeah. And there was sharing of food, and they they didn't immediately blast them away, right? So that that was a positive interaction mm. and then it went downhill right Again. but but and not from everybody you know a lot of people learned a lot from from the people of the land in mm -hmm. in North America and I know more about that than I do about other parts of the world mm -hmm. but but um, then it, then it was all taken over by right. another agenda by greed which, and by greed and I and what was going on in the countries that were greedy was they needed natural resources. Yeah. And so they were um, taking from the land mm -hmm. through the people who were there mm -hmm. and displacing those people. And there was inherent racism as well yeah. because it was a yeah. belief that we've got, you know, the right way and we're going to teach and that a lot way. Of, a lot of fear underneath all of that. Fear that we won't have enough so we better go and get it from somewhere we else. Can't go, we can't go back. We can't so we go back. We have to create it yep. here. Um, Fear that that what were what some some people were leaving something that really didn't work for them, right? Because they'd used up their a lot of their resources in their own environment. Now they're going looking for it elsewhere. 
there's you there's know? a lot of parallels, isn't there? Yeah, with and where we're at right yeah. now. I mean, and I keep coming back and looking at this on a on a global level, and then and there for me an energetic level. When I when we come from a place of fear, we do huge damage to the to the earth, to nature. We do it to um, women, men, the male dominated societies doing it to to females and to children. We we have it in. Uh, we do it. We do it um, in terms of ideology, uh, including religious ideology. So all of these things we're using. Yeah. Um, but it comes out of that place of of fear. And on the other end, if we're looking at a dichotomy, on the right. other end of the fear is hope. Mm-hmm. And the hope, I think, sometimes gets lost in all that we create out of the fear. Yes. Absolutely. But but in its in its healthy state, I think fear begets hope. If we could move ourselves into the hope and into treating other people the way we want to be treated and that kind of thing, mm. then then maybe we'd be able to heal more than when everything is still coming out of that original place of fear. And what is it that causes fear? Right? It's that it's that belief of it's a separateness of separateness. I'm going to get left behind. I'm not part of the whole. I my needs won't be taken care yep, of. I'll starve. I'll, I mean, the ultra the ultimate separateness is dying, but also we can look at dying as going back to the one. Mm-hmm. But we're not looking at it that way. We're not looking at it out of that place of hope or mm-hmm. faith. Or we're looking at it out of the place of fear of you know we, we can be judged mm-hmm. as you were talking about earlier. If we believe that we're going to be um, abandoned, mm-hmm. excommunicated, not included in our community, right? So we're. It, I mean, these are just many different ways of looking at that whole idea of what is it that we're reclaiming. And I really like your phrasing of moving into hope. And I feel like, and that's... I don't mean just hope as in like space cadet hope that mm, you know but but realistic hope. this is through action so yeah i feel like it's time for one of our songs yes so we picked a couple today um since we're acknowledging the fear we're acknowledging what what disconnects us and the fact that we want to move beyond that um i'm gonna vote that we listen to queens i want to break free good so this is the yes. beginning point of no enough enough yes. of that we choose other. Yes. So we're going to take a few minutes to listen to Queen, I Want to Break Free, and we will rejoin you here in the studio in just a few minutes.
Welcome back. You're listening to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. We were just listening to Queen's I Want to Break Free. We were busy scribbling some notes. So we, we picked that song by inspiration, but then it was just like, oh, yeah, that's so perfect for it's, today. It's speaking to us. Yeah, because yep. really when we're talking about moving into hope, it's also, well, where do we go? So then what do we do, right? If we're yep. If we're walking away from something... What are we walking to? What are we walking towards? So I was scribbling down questions here that are inspiring to me, and I'm and I'm thinking this would be a great thing to take away from today. One question is: What have you allowed to lapse into personal obscurity? Oh, <laughs> that if you reclaimed it would make you feel full and empowered. Okay, I got answers popping in my brain. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. So we'll say that again. What have you allowed to lapse into personal obscurity that if you reclaimed it would make you feel full and empowered? Mm-hmm. What would you like to choose that would make you feel free? And what does free mean to us? Because mm-hmm. I and think it you. means something to each one of us. Yeah, yeah. So in that song, he was talking about he wants to break free, but then he's saying, I've fallen in love. And I want to be free. So it's yes. like I, I'm yep. feeling the connection with you, but I, I have to be free. What does that mean? I know that yeah. in pers- personally, I'm exploring exactly that. I am yep. in a limited partnership with somebody. We found yes. this phrase that just seems to work for us. It's a very conscious partnering. And yet we still choose freedom of our own independent spirits. And, and what do we want to fall in love with? Right. Because it's, I think, I believe that it starts inside ourselves. So I have to fall in love with what is me, mm-hmm. what I identify with mm-hmm. in, in what is me. And then I can fall in love with um, what complements that and what reflects that in the world around me. Yeah. And I keep thinking about how you were mentioning earlier about engaging in the things in the ways we want the world to be. So doing some of that, I keep imagining just the the little things that we do in our neighborhood with our neighbors, when we go into the shops, when we're dealing with our kids, this is the daily, this is the small stuff that adds up like a snowball that rolls. And what is it that makes me feel good? Mm -hmm. And what makes the people around me feel good? Because we get feedback at like my polka dot raincoat. (laughs) I swear, I wear that raincoat and people start smiling at me. And I don't think it's just that they're smiling at me. It's the polka dots do something to them. It's like some kind of liberation that that says, yeah, we can can do whatever we want Mm -hmm. as long as it doesn't hurt other people and infringe on other people's right mm. to be polka dotted. It makes me think there was a lady that I used to see in my neighborhood that was frequently outside a cafe that I would go there. And she's she was an older lady and she always had flowers in her hair. She had the most elegant, colorful clothes on. She was always still done full up in makeup and she was just hanging out. Mm. And she was in bliss. She was just happy being herself, and everybody who would walk by this woman. you I, I could hear her getting compliments from other people. I had given her compliments. Mm. And she just, you know, they, they she received them and let them pass by because that was not what she was doing it for. But the joy that she created by just having this powerful presence of self in her own bliss. And, and so in a way, that's what people were complimenting. They yeah. might have thought that it was color or... Right. But it made them feel good. Yeah. 
and reminded them of what feeling good feels like. Yeah, yeah. In a world that doesn't always make you feel good yeah. when you're chasing from one stressful meeting to another or at God. Because personally, I don't want to focus on all the negative stuff Mm -hmm. anymore, which doesn't mean it isn't there or that I don't want to do something about it. But the place from which I do it has to be my cup feeling full. Mm -hmm. And and what is it that that fills my cup up? I know what makes it Mm -hmm. drain, Mm -hmm. but what fills it up again? Mm -hmm. Because the draining stuff doesn't it's there it's all still out there yeah so let's talk about what what we actually do you and me let's talk yes. practical i think yes. that might be good yes while you're while you're talking about that i'm like what what works good for me i think that's one of the reasons why i did enjoy doing work in high schools with the red cross yes going in to, to see the teens who are the big-hearted change makers and connecting in with them and that makes me feel hope because instead and they're of, there. They're, yeah, oh, they are so there. There's yeah. so many of them. There is so much grumpiness around. There's so much negativity that's spoken about the millennials and the whatevers and the... the blah, blah, blah. It's, it's labeling. It's all mm-hmm. labeling. And frankly, I've heard it all. It's been happening for millennia. All the older folk always blame the younger folk for being lazy, for being disrespectful, for not having initiative, for riding on the coattails. Frankly, blah, blah, blah. Like, seriously, our grandparents well, and, and said it about us. Yeah. yeah. Their grandparents said it about them. It's not helpful. And if we go looking for that, of course you're going to see it. Yes. If you go looking for the kids who are doing amazing things, you'll find you them. will find them. And they are there. <laughs> and it's so inspiring to hook into them and to be in a room with many of them where they're sparking off each other. Wow. So good. I like doing that. Yeah. What do you do? Um, well, I was, I was thinking, specifically thinking about doing the show. Yeah. That... That that's I always say to the to the guests as we're walking into the studio. We really look forward to doing <laughs> this every week. We like doing this, mm-hmm. right? I never get in the car with you on our way up the mountain and think, "Oh, I really don't want to do this today." <laughs> that's true. I mean, it, it really it doesn't it doesn't happen. I may have had a stressful day before that. The week might be stressful, but doing that always feels good, right? And then we come out of the show afterwards and we say, "Oh, that was good." Yeah. And we go off into our weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it time for the other song? Yes. It's time <laughs> I think for so. the other song. And then, I'll, and then I'll read a little piece of Rob Bresney oh, when well, we get back. That? Why don't you do that now? Well, that will let me find it. Oh, okay, okay. All right. So the next song that we have actually hooks in with, with what I was just saying. So we've got um, um, local lady, Frazy, Frazy Ford. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, I just butchered your name. Frazy Ford. Um, a Vancouverite, but songs are everywhere. I discovered her not because she was local. Uh, recently came out with a new song called The Kids Are Having None of It. And it tickles me so much. I really recommend that you go find the video for it if you haven't seen it. And wa- uh, listen to the song along with the video. Because it's very, it, it really brings it home to a different level. And she's homegrown. It's homegrown. So, The Kids Are Having None of It. This is an anthem towards the fact that... Um, we're in a shift right now, and it's yes. also focusing attention on not only is it no longer, but what is going to be. Yeah, and it's already being. Through. They're already creating it. Yeah. We are all already Basically, creating it. just getting out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll be back in a few minutes after we listen to Frazy Ford's The Kids Are Having None of It. I 
listening to Essential Conversations with Rebecca and Luca. We were just listening to Frazy Ford's The Kids Are Having None of It. Ah, uh, I get teary-eyed when I listen to that song. Yeah, I really like that line, they can't be taught your hate. Yeah, and they can't be bought. And they can't be bought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like they've, they've got it, and they're just waiting for us to catch up. We're yeah. coming a little late to the party, you know? <laughs> yeah. And not not all of us. I mean, I feel like, well, I, I well, feel like they're speaking... What I want to say, right? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And the point is, we've turned a corner. So you can continue going yeah. the way that you're going, but you're mm-hmm. going to miss <laughs> where the action is. Yeah, very powerful. Yeah. yeah, very... So here's what Rob Bresney was saying that right. that I think is that ties right into this. Because if, if we're going to do it differently, we're looking for another way to do it, then we need inspiration. Yeah. So the insp- he, t- he says, try this. Don't wait for inspiration. Go after it with a butterfly net, lasso, sweet treats, fishing rod, <laughs> court orders, beguiling smells, and sincere flattery. <laughs> and that that appeals to the polka dot part of me. I'm laughing at the court orders. <laughs> the court orders, a court order in one hand and a butterfly net in the other hand. And the, the idea that sometimes when we're beginning with something, it's delicate like a butterfly. Mm. And... And we need to go about it with a net that's not going to damage it. Hmm. But but it's we have to you know a, sincere, a sincere pursuit of another way of looking at things and, mm. and a way that makes us feel good and positive mm-hmm. and strong. Because if you're going to change the world, you need to be strong. Did you watch the Hannah Gadsby special on Netflix? No. 
I'm going to have to hook you up with that. Some, some of the listeners, I'm sure, have listened to it. Hannah Gadsby did a, a special called Nanette. And the name of it was sort of irrelevant. But the it's a comedy special. But it is not a comedy special. It is so much more than that. And yes, she makes you laugh, but she makes you cry. Mm. Rage. Yeah. But for the all the right... It's just there's something so holy and so it's like she's a preacher. Well, she I think really there. great comedies like that, right? It's mm. so she close turns to it the truth. Well, it is. This and is the truth is what makes us cry. It, it, so it hits us in the heart. Right? Yeah. yeah. So part of the essence of what she says in her special is that as a comedian, she, her life story became the basis of her comedy. And that was about her coming out and her owning of her identity and the trials and tribulations of that, including the rejections and her home culture in Tasmania, I think is where she's from. And yet she'd reached a point in her life where she had to own that her comedy was hurtful to herself, that the story that she was repeatedly telling was not an allowing her to continue to grow. Mm. And it was allowing, it was like the, it was the constant reopening of wounds because it was as though the wounds were the things that would get people's attention. So they were never allowed to heal and to mature. And that's the fine line, right? Between not forgetting. We've just passed Remembrance Day here mm. in Canada. This idea of lest we forget. We want to not forget the things that were not okay. Um, but on the other hand, we don't want to keep ourselves in that old place by remembering it all the time. So we want to remember it enough that we don't do it and that we use it as a springboard to move into something right. more positive. But we don't want to be hanging in it all the time because it just drags us down right. even further than it did when we first engaged in it. Mm -hmm. So it makes me think again of the stories. We, we did an ep, um, we did a show on storytelling mm -hmm. and the power of storytelling. Mm -hmm. And this is about the stories we tell ourselves. Yes. About who we are and where we are, and what is real, and what's possible, what's happening, and what's possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so this is the where do we want to go now? Yes. What do we want more of in yes. the world? Yes. How can I engage with that more of mm -hmm. now? Mm -hmm. Where I am? Mm -hmm. What can I do that is in alignment? with what I want to see happening on the highest levels in this world, on the global cultural societal levels, where can I be creating that today? Or where can I be valuing and engaging with it today? If someone else is doing it, where can I be yes. appreciating it? Where can I be immersing in it? Um, referring back to that email that you were just quoting from, um, one of the things that he mentioned was, uh, like we, we find ourselves take, we recognize the need for breaks now. Mm -hmm. So when we take a break, we tend to shut down, right? Shutting out yes. all of the things that, that cost our energy, that take our in attention away, that what um, we don't want, discourage us, that bring us down. So, however, we have so many distractions available to us that aren't necessarily building anything no. that we can we can go into that sort of cocoon mode without actually taking anything nourishing in with us and so his challenge was the inside out of how about it what he called it a bliss blitz i yes. love this a yes. bliss because a great blitz names things. Yeah. where you go with the intention of i am going to engage in as much pleasure and joy as I possibly can. Yes. 
And this resonates with me. I feel and like then we I, have to identify what that is. And it's what not just things? addictions, right? No. It's the it's not the escapes. It's the what do I want more it's, of in the world, yeah. right? And oftentimes it's going to be connection, but it's going to be a different kind of connection. It's going to be experience, perhaps a different kind of experience. It's going to, because we have the the freedom of choice when we're doing this, rather than just the holding of boundaries while it's, we engage it's in the world. Empowered choice, yeah, right. And that comes back to this idea of what does free mean to me, yeah. and how do I want to have more of it, mm-hmm. and what am I. What would I like to fall in love with? And what am I already in love with? Yeah. And it doesn't, it's not just a person. Yeah. Um, even what am I in love with in myself? Absolutely. And what am, what am I in love with in the, in the world, in the community that I want to have more of? Why do I want community? Yeah. Yes. And, and I, for me, it's intimacy. I'm looking for intimacy. Yeah. And it can be... Uh, 20 seconds long but that's more fulfilling to me to have a real connection with somebody for 20 seconds than to sit and talk to somebody for two hours where where there's so many walls up around them because they're trying to protect themselves this is why small talk is exhausting yes yes right and some small talk because I was, I was sitting in a cafe today, and I was watching people coming in and out and talking while they were ordering their coffees. And the talk today was meaningful. Hmm, interesting. So people were getting to know one another better, and it was the kind of conversation that made people in the cafe look up and look over to see who was talking because, because it was meaningful. Right. And I don't know what makes that happen, right. but it was happening right in front of me. Yeah. And I thought, ah, this is some of what I want more of. Yeah. So I want people to be more empowered. Yeah. And so therefore, I want to be going out in the world, doing things and saying things and noticing things that make people feel more empowered, including me. Yeah. So what do you want more of? I want more of along the lines of what you're talking about those moments that allow me to connect with the person around me or person or people beside mm-hmm. me and we recognize our humanity our humanhood that individual mm-hmm. soul like those mm-hmm. moments where something happens and you offer yeah. a hand or you mm-hmm. make a comment about something yeah. and it's just real and, and and all of a sudden instead of just being everybody being generic humans lost in their internal world trying to navigate to get home where they can relax it's like hey we're in this together and it's differences and commonality Mm -hmm. right the commonality makes us feel like we're community Mm -hmm. but the differences are a different kind of community it's the this is the gift of who i am that i bring to the commonality Mm -hmm. that makes us i mean this is how we do radio right we and we trust that every time we sit down to have one of these conversations, that no matter where we're coming from separately in our week, that we're going to come together and whatever topic we choose is going to work and we'll both bring something right. to the table yeah. that won't be the same, but it will be enough the same to make it hang together, mm-hmm. but it'll be enough different to make it um, spontaneous and delicious and thought-provoking. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's an element there of trust mm-hmm. that we can have those connections in the world around us that really we're all together and we're all individual. Mm-hmm. 
And mm, to me, that's what I want everybody to feel. Mm-hmm. Because I want, I don't want everybody in the world to be the same. Um, this is what we celebrate on the show, is how, how unique everybody is. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we come together on a show, the fact that all of us come together to make radio, the fact that you and I found one another in a coaching program, all of that is, is um, indicative of the commonalities that we have that make us community on this planet. Mm-hmm. No matter what language I speak or what religion I practice or what mm-hmm. food I eat, mm-hmm. um, that that we have more in common than is different. Right. Yeah, I'd like to see people approaching. I'd like to see more people holding space for the things that they don't know about each other. So then rather than yes. stepping straight into into criticism or jumping to conclusions. Or, or alliances you know, us right. against that bad thing out there. Right. Yeah. Not, not that alliances are a bad thing if you're trying to change something, but this, this, um, the curiosity that we always mm-hmm. come to the show with mm-hmm. and that we come to, that we come to life with. Right. Really, you and I do come yeah. to life with this curiosity about people or we wouldn't be in the people business that we're That's in. That's right, yes. Right? We are in the Because we business. can't shut this down, either one of us. It doesn't matter what we're doing as a profession, <laughs> right? I, it's that True. walking up to people and saying, who are you? Yeah. What are you doing? Well, and why are you doing it that way? That's why this is our profession, really, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 I want to see more of what I'm hearing um, workplace cultures are beginning to explore, which is less time in the seats for work more time off, but discovering that actual productivity is still increased. So yes. receiving the same benefits from your work, having to actually show show up, I'm using the air quotes, for less hours of the week, but still achieving the same results because that matches what my personal experience was as an employee. I always felt like I was shafting people sometimes. I'm like, you're only getting, you know, 25% of my brain at certain times of yes. the day because yeah. of exhaustion or what well, have you. Well, and there used to be a thought that if you were chatting with people, the water cooler conversations when there were water coolers and the conversations over lunch and coffee breaks and all of that kind of thing were a waste of time. Mm. But that was what I went to work for. <laughs> right? Like this that is... was the best part of my day yeah. was the part of the day that I spent talking to people. Yeah. And I mean and then I had the bursts of productivity that were that were in between those right. things, but yeah. my fuel right was the conversations I had with people because I got ideas from them and yeah. um inspiration and um compassion and community and resources. I got all of that from mm-hmm. the conversations that I had with people, which doesn't mean that everybody has that same love of that kind of conversation. But, but it, I was working in a corporate world that didn't value that that was um, productive. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So you and I are talking about let's let's be curious about different modes of productivity. Yeah. And yeah. and what is it that let's redefine what what is producing. Yeah. What are we producing? Because if we produce relationships, that's good. What are we here for anyways? Yes. Really? Are we here just so that money can be made off our backs for what? For someone else or for something else Mm -hmm. to? No. No. I'm I'm here here 
and and when they they talk about this when you're on your deathbed you know what what do you lament it isn't that you didn't make more money it's mm. it it has to do with did you did you tell people you loved them yeah. you know, did, did you, you spend time to play with yeah. your and kids what memories and... are you taking yeah. into the mm-hmm. afterlife with you if there is a great afterlife yeah so yeah yeah so we're coming up to the end of our show of, That's right. of our yeah. hour so um, what's our takeaway? I really like that question that you asked earlier. Let me let's see. come back to come that back to those question. Questions. So, so here's our question, and may, maybe a couple. Um, what have you allowed to lapse into personal obscurity <laughs> that if you reclaimed it would make you feel fully empowered? Uh, what would you like to choose? And what do you want to fall in love with mm-hmm. in yourself and, and in the world in which you live? Mm-hmm. And what does free mean to you? Yeah. If you want freedom, freedom for what? Mm-hmm. That's right. Pretty juicy converse, questions, and it. I'm going to take them away and work on them. I love it. Because uh, they're inspiring. Yeah. And I'm good. chasing them with that butterfly net. You've got something coming up you want to let people know about, I think, right? I've got, um, coming up in December, I will do my uh, year-ahead reading. And we're um, sorting out a location, but I'm pretty sure at the moment that it's going to be on the 30th of December. So not interfering with people's New Year's Eve, but um, at the right time to set us up for the year ahead. And we will also um, take that and and put it out on radio. Yes. For those of you who aren't here in Vancouver to participate, Mm -hmm. um, that will go out on radio in that first week in January. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. And you've got um, room for a couple new clients. Other than that, my plate is rather full these days. So, <laughs> and, and until next time, I wonder what's around the corner. Essential Conversations is brought to you courtesy of Luca Halix, Power Sorcerer, and Rebecca Mears, Certified Coach. Increase your awareness, expand your options, empower yourself. Luca can be reached at www.lucahalix.com. I light the fires that light a thousand more. Connect with Rebecca at catchingfire.ca.